You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of the Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. Uh, I am all about the goals, figuring out what you want and how to get it. And every week, I bring together some friends to dive deep into the topic. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast. So whether you're joining us live, watching the replay, or listening to us, we are glad that you are here choosing your goals. And really, gratitude, the theme for today, is really on everybody's mind. You know, in America, we just had Thanksgiving, Giving Tuesday is tomorrow. And even though we think about gratitude this time of year, I kind of think it's a year-round sort of thing. And I, I have a feeling my guests are going to agree with me. And what a great panel I have today. I have with me Brooke Eddy, who's like one of my newest friends who came via Beth Howard. And I'm really excited to learn more about you, your upcoming book, Steeped, and your business and all your philanthropic efforts. So I'm very excited to get to know you. And of course, the Baha'i lady, Miss American Pie, Beth Howard. Good to see you, my friend. And Jack Griffin from Food Finder, who is another one of those. I, we scheduled this because the last time Jack was on at the end of the episode, I'm like, I have to have you back. And we were chatting and I'm like, bam, gratitude. So thank you, Jack. Thank you, Beth. And thank you, Brooke, for being here, because you can't really talk about. Well, you can talk about gratitude without talking about food, but why would we want to? So we've got kind of a gratitude theme with a food spin, because I think it all kind of goes together. But enough about what I think. I would love for my guests to take a moment to introduce themselves. And Brooke, let's start with you. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate you including me in the conversation. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of Bhakti Chai. It's an innovative tea company. We're mostly known for our chai concentrates. But throughout my, you know, 15-year endeavor of running this business, we've also done sparkling tea and ice creams and lots of different innovations along the way. The big part of how I started this company was basically my travels in India. So I'm really inspired by India, the different types of teas that I came across, the food of India, um, and also the practice in India around spirituality and gratitude, which is very important. So thank you for having me, and I look forward to talking. Well, and thank you for being here. I, I am really excited about because I, I did do a little bit of research and I, I love your journey. So I'm looking forward to having you share more of that. So thank you. Um, Jack, a.k.a. Mr. Food Finder. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, hey, everyone. And thank you again so much for having me on uh, again, Deb. Uh, my name is Jack Griffin. I'm the founder and CEO of Food Finder which is a national nonprofit organization that uses both our website and mobile app to help food insecure families all across America find and get help from their closest food pantries. So with the information of about uh, 45,000 food pantries uh, across all 50 states, we are the largest source of information on emergency food aid in the United States, something we're very proud of. And uh, absolutely, uh, unsurprisingly as well, uh, with us being a nonprofit organization, uh, grants and donations, even just again, even uh, asking friends and family for support was how Food Finder got off the ground uh, in 2014 when I was still in high school. Um, so not only the act of you know making requests uh, and you know charitable giving and donations that are central to so many nonprofits and charities across the country and the world, 
the spirit of giving is something that just you know really nourishes the soul. So really happy to share you know, a bit about my experiences, listen to everyone else's uh, wonderful stories and uh, contribute uh, for today's episode. And I love that you you mentioned you started this in high school. Yeah, it's been a while. So that was uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, eight to nine years ago. Um, I'm sure I'll uh, I'll be lucky if I have any hair left by the time I'm 30. But uh, we're we're hanging in there. Well, good to have goals. Goal of have anyway. We will not we go down that road later. Um, glad to have you here, Jack and Beth. Always nice to see you. Please introduce yourselves. I am Beth Howard. Um, sometimes I'm known as the pie lady, but there's a million pie ladies out there, which is a good thing because pie is synonymous with, let's say, gratitude. You know, it's synonymous with Thanksgiving, which is all about gratitude. Um, but pie is really a metaphor for so many things, for kindness and comfort and for healing. And that's how I got on this pie journey is... Um, well, first of all, I'm an author. I've written books about pie. So, but my pie books have been about how pie heals grief. I lost my husband. Um, how many years ago has it been? Almost 12, 12 years ago now. And uh, it was very unexpected. And through making pie, I found my way back to well-being, if you could say. And uh, by making something with your hands and sharing it with somebody else to make other people feel good, that in turn makes you feel good. There's a big lesson in that. And that was the lesson I learned. And so now I make a lot of pie because it makes people feel good and it makes me feel better. And God knows we need more pie right now. Um, but yeah, I've written four books and three of them are specifically about pie. And one of them's cookbook, Ms. American Pie. And my first book, Making Peace, is about that healing journey. And then I have a new book out. It's called World Peace. And I went around the world in 2015 making pie in nine countries to share that message of kindness and love and comfort and and um, as a way to make the world a better place. Uh, and every time I hear that story, I just I just feel good, you know, because in sharing food, it's sharing love. And I was very specific when I was putting together this panel is I didn't want to just do gratitude. I wanted to do food and gratitude or people in the realm of food with gratitude. And I think you touched upon this, the the value of, of how that connection is. Um, do you want to add anything to that, Brooke? And then we'll go to Jack. The connection between food and gratitude. Well, I think what's interesting is when I first went to India, I went to talk to people in their homes and interview them for this social movement called Swadhyay. And the first thing they always did was offer me chai. So they didn't ask if I wanted it. They didn't, you know, they, that was their offering. And so to go into so many people's homes and have them, you know, just give you their special recipe was their giving of love. And, um, it was great to try all the different family recipes along the way, but it was more about taking that moment of, you know, of, of looking into each other's eyes, the gratitude of spending this moment together, the namaste of seeing some person and the God in them and the God in me seeing that person. And then enjoying this warm, sometimes sweet, sometimes very milky, sometimes spicy drink together. So, you know, for me, that's really what, began my career is this idea of gratitude and tea together. And then I wanted to bring that to people back home. So similar to kind of the hero's journey of bringing something back, I wanted to bring back my idea of tea in this recipe. And something that we always try to talk about is to take that me moment, to take that gratitude moment of drinking your tea, that it is something about a pause and um, not just a rushing through to have caffeine and filling your body with caffeine, but really taking that breath. So I think that's a, you know, the way that I look at gratitude and food is definitely around the tea piece, but also, you know, raising my twins um, that are now 19, I was a single mom. So I had them around the table. I would cook meals and talk to them. And every night at the dinner table, I would say, what are you grateful for? What is your rose? Um, for the day. Um, and so that's kind of something that has always stuck with us. 
We also sometimes say, what's your rose and thorn of the day or what's your rose, thorn and bud. But just very young, I taught my kids that this gratitude piece, the more you're grateful, the more you have things to be grateful for. Oh, so true. Um, And okay, so I know the rose, I know the thorn. What is the bud? The bud is what you're looking forward to. So the rose is something that today you can be thankful for something today. The thorn is something that is a, a obstacle. And then a bud is something that you, you're looking forward to be grateful for because it hasn't happened yet, but you're hoping that it will come to you. Oh, I love that. I haven't, I, I haven't heard the three. I've heard the two before. So I mm-hmm. love that, that as a goal person, obviously, I love it. What, do you, right. what are you going to be grateful for tomorrow? Uh, that's just beautiful. Uh, Jack, what about you? What, where did, where and how did you make this gratitude food connection? Yeah, definitely. I think I can see elements of that connection, how they're really intertwined um, in both my own family and through my work with Food Finder. And I think Brooke said it beautifully when, you know, talking about really the, um, uh, the inherent love behind food, um, that sharing a meal, sharing tea can be an act of love, moment to pause, moment of reflection. Um, just, you know, and we just had Thanksgiving weekend. I was at my parents' place um, back at our family home here in Georgia, and we were making for the first time in, gosh, you know, five, six years. Uh, my mom's family is 100% uh, pure blood Italian. So we were making for the first time in five, six years, my great grandmother's sauce that she brought from Calabria, Italy, um, just, you know, just about a hundred years ago. And this was, I really wanted to spend this time. I asked my mom who had mastered the recipe in turn, I really wanted to learn now that I, you know, I'm on my own. Um, I've certainly cooked a lot more, uh, and gotten to be a better cook since when she was raising me. Um, I wanted to learn the tradition and the history and the love behind this really amazing sauce for, you know, homemade pasta that takes 72 hours to make. Um, so even in that, you know, her teaching me, um, the care that goes into again, even just one dish like that and, you know, passing that on is really beautiful. I pre- I was grateful for the history, grateful, grateful for the effort that went into it, the time that went into it and the care, um, that's a personal example. And then in my work, um, something that also really keeps me humble is understanding that food, having food at all can be something to be grateful for. And that is a, uh, something that we can very much take for granted because my work is all about helping those who aren't sure if they will eat today or where their next meal will come from. So my work with food finder, and even still, I get on the phone with folks, and help people personally um, who are in the most dire circumstances. Um, and even still with families that are, um, you know, parents who are unsure if they'll be able to feed their kids, you know, things that I you know, don't even, couldn't even begin to describe what that feels like. They're still courteous with me on the phone. They're sharing their stories with me. They're, they're appreciative that I'm taking the time even to listen and it's, you know, man, truly the gift is all mine for it's the least I could do in the world to try and, you know, offer a helping hand and, and show these folks where to get food nearby. Um, you know, it's making it so that the gratitude of what food should be is that no family should have to go without that moment of love and that act of sharing, uh, but also understanding that if we are privileged enough to have you know, really deep history that we can take the time to understand and appreciate, then that's where it also really uh, sort of rejuvenates our hearts and can help, again, you know, pass the dark kids and grandkids and keep that blessing going down the road. I love that you called it a blessing because I think that really buttons everything that you said just up so beautifully. So thank you. Um, Beth, do you want to add anything else about that connection between gratitude and food? Well, first of all, I'm so impressed with what both Brooke and Jack are doing and and how they've articulated that. Um, I just I have a story um, when when right after my husband had died, a friend had said, you know, let's get together for National Pie Day and make 
um, we'll make 50 pies and hand them out on the streets of LA. So we got 10 of my friends together and we did that. Um, actually, no, just five friends. I think we had a little extra help, but we, we made 50 pies and found, actually we found some foot traffic in LA. It wasn't easy, but, but we did. And we gave out free slices of pie and people said, why are you doing this? And we said, just to do something nice for other people. And, and they were like, well, first of all, they were like, who's sponsoring you? And we're like, nobody, we were just, we're just doing this on our own. And, um, and then people would say, well, this so nice what you're doing. That makes me want to do something nice for somebody else. It was just a slice of pie, a free slice of pie, random pie, slice of pie on the streets of LA. And I just, I love that story because it's, it's definitely shaped me and how I've moved forward that um, how much, how grateful people are not to overuse the theme word of the day, but you know, just that uh, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much effort to give something to somebody else to make them happy and to make them feel good, to make them feel special. And to think that people would pay that forward. I think that's, that's the beauty of it. I was just going to add to that, that there is someone from Canada who's on social media now. It's MD Motivator, and I can send you who that is. But he's basically walking around up just giving things to strangers. And that's basically the response that most strangers get when they're given an empty box. And they and he says, no, open it, you know, and there's like $500 in it. And they start to cry. And he's like, oh, so, you know, I love you, man. I just wanted to give this to you. And then they say, wow, this makes me want to give something to somebody. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, following, I mean, you're just going to cry every time you watch these Instagram posts because he's just walking up to people. He's giving them cars. He's giving homeless people apartments. You know, it's just so beautiful to see. And that when someone gets something, that's their first reaction is now I want to help someone. Mm -hmm. I think also this harks back to what I was saying in the intro we talk about gratitude a lot this time of year, but why don't we talk about, I mean, and you all do talk about it every day or very close to that, but why do you think people don't talk about gratitude as much as they I hate to word the, use the word should, but it seems appropriate. <laughs> I think people do talk about it. I think that you see all over Facebook, you know, all these memes about gratitude and, you know, they talk about if you want to be happy, then think about the things you're grateful for. So I, I think there's sort of a gratitude movement out there. That's just from where I sit. Yeah, I agree. I think there's the, you know, like making gratitude lists is pretty popular. There's gratitude journals now mm -hmm. uh, for people to write in every day. Um, so I like that it's it seems like it's having a, a, a little more popular popularity at this time. Jack, yeah. Did you, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's um yeah, you think it wouldn't, especially for Thanksgiving here in America, you think one out of 365 days we could probably use uh, have a, a better hit rate than that in terms of explicit days for gratitude. Um but and you know, even in you know corporate circles, you can kind of hear gratitude sort of ed being on the edge of being a becoming a buzzword. And that's not what we want either, right? We want the feelings of gratitude and appreciation to be sincere and genuine. Um, but I think it does get back to Beth's earlier point, which I can certainly feel um, every day of that. Sometimes the idea of really going out of our way to show that gratitude can seem like more work than it is. And that it actually is a lot more accessible and within reach, big or small, even really small gestures can have huge impacts uh, on people, especially when they weren't expecting to receive uh, a gift, a note of thanks. Um, and a I think- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some of those really small but unexpected um, instances or flashes of uh, beauty and appreciation. I mean, that can stick with people for a really long time. So why do you think, and I, I do agree, you know, I love that gratitude is having a moment. I'm all about the, you know, look at, well, big part of goals is seeing what you've accomplished to help move you forward. And I know that gratitude is a very big tie into that. Uh, why is it that you you all feel you've got maybe an even bigger personal connection to gratitude, Jack? 
Yeah, it's um, and this is something I think that actually was the impetus behind this whole conversation was of uh, the um. Thank you for getting that that nudge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no worry. Um, you know what we talked about after our um first episode that I was uh, here in attendance for was understanding and really, you know, um, gets back to where we all come from, that we didn't get to where we are alone and we won't get to where we want to go alone either. So really sort of past, present and future. It's um, the theme of understanding that, you know, all of our successes aren't due solely to us being awesome, right? Is that there's amazing, you know, mentors, family members, friends who helped us along the way. And for me personally, answer your question, Deb, that really starts unsurprisingly with my parents, you know, people who gave me life. And uh, again, to make a very long kind of sensitive story short, I was having a ton of health problems um, when I was an infant and doctors didn't, you know, for years, wasn't sure what was wrong with me. I didn't talk at all. Um, It was a speech delay. I didn't uh, say a word until I was about four years old. And, you know, doctors were, you know, weren't sure if I had a stroke in the womb. Um, really, you know, uh, it was a tough time for my parents. So um, my mom, she really sacrificed a lot personally and professionally to be able to take me to all these doctor's visits, make sure that I was okay, or try and figure out, you know, what was going on uh, for years on end. So huge personal, professional, and financial expense. Um, and thankfully, I'm, you know, I'm all right now. Uh, I'm doing doing my best, but um, without her uh, and without um, my parents really uh, sacrificing a lot to try and give me the the shot that they felt I deserved in life, um, then I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be speaking with y'all. I wouldn't be nearly um, having any you know uh, inkling of success like what we've achieved with Food Finder. So. Um, that, you know, thinking about even when I can't even remember when I, like, I was so young, I can't, can remember what they went through to take care of me. But of course, when I literally couldn't thank them back then for all they were going for, through, nor could I understand the, the significance of it. It's, um, you know, that helps me get through the tough times today of, you know, man, if they went through that back then, if they did so much to, have me be the, you know, live the life I'm living now, then this is whatever things, you know, on my mind is sort of weighing me down those thorns of the day. It's, it's nothing. And that gratitude is what can translate into strength very easily. And you sure made up for last time. Did you not Jack? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, it's so crazy to think about. Well, I appreciate, we appreciate you sharing that. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful story, but it's also a testament that um, of paying it for, you are literally paying it forward, all the love and time and attention that was poured into your purpose. Yeah. So, so Brooke, you you had your own kind of journey into this. Do you want to to share uh, how you became you? <laughs> I'm sorry. You kind of cut out a little bit. Oh, just to share how you became you, because you, you mentioned before that you traveled. Oh, right. Um, well, my background was actually in social policy and nonprofit management. And, you know, I had that, you know, how am I going to change the world? Am I going to do it through policy or politics or social work or psychology? And nothing was fitting. Nothing was working. And it just felt like, What's my purpose? What's the point of all this? Um, And that's what brought me to India to really study the Swadhyay movement. And, you know, there's about 20 million people who practice this. And the, the movement is based on the idea of service and devotion and that your service, uh, some do two days a month of service is their devotion to God. So instead of, you know, giving offering or doing their puja or meditation or, Uh, you know, what Buddhists do or what um, Jews do in terms of like going to synagogue or like those actions, their action is actually service to people in their community. So they do that through community fishing boats. And Beth, like one of my lines in my book where I talked about how uh, a quote 
someone said, you know, the water is not does not is not owned by anyone. The wood that these boats are made out of from trees is not owned by anyone. The fish is not owned by anyone. So these all belong to the community, not just the wealthy who can afford the fishing boat to catch the fish and sell it in the market. Um, so that was just so inspiring to me because I was seeing the things that I had studied in school actually um, in service and not just kind of the the writing of it, but actually people waking up every morning and going on this boat to get fish and then give it to their community. Um, they also have community uh, gardens. So this kind of collective gardening idea to help out those um, in the community. And that just, you know, really kind of did something for me. Um, one, it was being in India, which did something for me. Um, and then two, it was like the service part of it. So then I came back thinking, you know, so idealistic, like, how can we do this in this country? You know, how can we figure out like everyone gives two days of service and how does the, maybe the government should, you know, try to make people do this. How can we, you know, and I just, you know, it's such a big grand thing. And the, the Swadhyaya movement in India was based in Hinduism and they had a leader and a founder and, um, you know, so it just didn't really go that way towards, you know, doing it anything here because I ended up having twins ex accidentally and had to take care of them. And that's when starting the chai company was almost my service in a way. It wasn't 100 percent service because I had to raise my kids and make money and grow the company. But I tried to, you know, really instill and steep in the business, this idea of giving, giving back sustainable ingredients. And from very early on, we were giving small amounts to social justice women's organizations. Um, some, you know, later investors would balk at that and say, what, That's, that could be some of the profit. Why, why are you giving this away? Mm -hmm. But I really built it into the PNL. So it just became a part of our operating budget. Uh, Global Fund for Women, Planned Parenthood, those kinds of things were just those that was a part of our business structure. So I'm very thankful that I was able to, first of all, go to India, have that moment or those moments of, you know, gratitude, awakening, seeing how other things are done. And then my gift being kind of this tea recipe. Nice. And, and I love that you knew that that you, you took yourself on that journey that you went, went to India because you knew that you needed to find something and how that, what you created from that journey of self-discovery also just purely amazing. Right. Yes. It was also my Saturn return. So I don't <laughs> think I had a choice in the matter on some level. Uh, it was, you know, that kind of 29, um, and then I also had a job here in Boulder with a, a environmental radio show called E-Town and it didn't really work out. And so that's why I just was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go follow this thing in India. And I always see the, the, the host of the show and the founder of the organization around and he's a big bhakti chai drinker. And I'm like, if it wasn't for you, if we worked out, I might not have gone to India and then I wouldn't have started this company. So it's well, always fun to see how those things happen. Well, I am all about embracing change. And you it's just a beautiful example of this is what life gave you. And this is how you empowered yourself to take the journey. So good on you. I love that. Um, and Beth, what is, what is your, and you did touch upon this before, but we can go a little bit deeper. Why do you feel like I know that gratitude got you out of your grief to paraphrase, but what do you think it, what, what was that journey? Can you share a little bit more? Oh, the grief journey? Huh. Well, or the, or the reason that you have such a strong connection to gratitude. Well, I have a strong connection to pie. That's where it starts. <laughs> my parents, got married because of pie. So I always say it's in my DNA. Oh, uh, okay. Wait, now you have to back up and share that. 
What? Well, so my mom and my parents had been dating for six months and my mom invited my dad over for dinner. They, well, they called it supper in, in this was in Wisconsin. And uh, she made him a tuna casserole and jello salad and banana cream pie for dessert because she knew that he loved banana cream pie. And he had not even finished eating his pie when he proposed to her. So that's why I say I am born because of pie. So I am grateful to pie. Start. I just start with that. It's like in my DNA, pie is, if it wasn't for pie, I might not be here. Jack, if it wasn't for your mom driving you to the hospital when you're an infant, you know, we all have our things. And uh, well, when you all read Brooke's book, you'll, uh, you'll see she's got quite a... Um, story of origin also but um yeah no that's just this thing it's this thing that's carried me through i had a a dot-com job in um 2001 i i was just it was during the boom 1999 2000 2001 and i was working in san francisco in the heart of it all and working 80 hours a week at my computer and my mandate was to create virtual worlds on the computer uh, for outdoor adventure. And it was like, no, I want people to actually go outside and have adventures and have that, you know, that's engage your senses. So I just said, I wanted to quit. And I was, I just said as a little throwaway comment that I just, I just want to go make pie. Like I want to go do something with my hands, something that, you know, something tactile, something you could touch. And, 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 (laughs) I moved back to Los Angeles. I went to a cafe in Malibu that was supposed to be known for their great pie. It was brand new and they didn't have any. And so I don't know what happened. This is just the where the universe takes over. And I just said, I'll make it for you. And uh, so that's how I got my first job making pie. That's how I learned how to make pie the way I make it now. And the most amazing thing was the woman who owned the cafe, uh, Mary Spellman, she made her pie dough by hand. So it's exactly what I wanted. It's exactly what I needed. And and that nurtured me back to well-being again. You know, every everything that pie has done for me has been about helping c- connect me with people, um, help, you know, restore my spirit. And, uh, and that job led to me I don't know, eventually it led to me going to uh, on a little road trip up north to Oregon. And that's where I met the man who became my husband, Marcus. And then when he died, like I told you that part of the story that, you know, I started making pie again because, you know, I just know it's this thing that people light up when they see a pie and that doesn't rub off on you, you know? So, yeah, I, I just, and, I, and also I've been trying to get away from pie because I ran a pie stand for a while. I, for four years, actually, in when I lived in the American Gothic house and I've written books about pie. And sometimes I think, oh, I just need to be done with pie. And I, it always pulls me back. And, and then I, I'm always grateful for that too, you know, because it really is this thing that is just a great way to connect Brooke and I are going to meet in person next week because of pie. So um, again, like how could I not be grateful for that? Right. It's a, it's how I went around the world when I wrote my book. It was like, just like Brooke was saying how, you know, a cup of chai that people, when you go into their homes and you share a cup of chai when, you know, she was trying to learn about them and I was using pie as a way I was, you know, not so much, um, being served it as much as I was offering to make it for people. So it was a way to connect. And, and because of pie, I have connected with so many people and it's just something that makes people feel good. I feel like I'm being repetitive because I mean, pie makes people happy. Pie makes you feel good. Pie is comfort, you know, but it's true. It's just, it's so simple. It's so basic and it's nourishing, you know, and if, Jack, if I could give pie to all the food banks in the world, I would love to do that. I, in fact, I should talk with you afterward because I, this Thanksgiving, I was like, I should be delivering pies to our local food pantry. So, so let's talk. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk Thank you. Yeah. And this is why I love bringing people who don't know each other together. Cause this is my joy is making those connections And I, you know, I was always, I grew up, you know, food is love, the conversations around the table, it's the center. 
And well, my mom or her thing was always soup and there was nothing is always, has always been soup and there's nothing more warming inside and out than that homemade soup. So, um, and yes, yes, there is something more warming. It's chai tea. Well, sorry. Oh, I said chai tea. That's wrong. Chai means tea, but yeah, definitely soup, pie, chai. It's all good. And food, plain old fashioned food that fills your, your body and your spirit. And don't worry about being repetitive. I, you, the people who, um, who are my regular viewers, I usually take a lot more notes, but I'm so in the chat, but I'm so enthralled by your stories. And I'm like, Oh no, this is great. I'm, I'm just entranced by all of you and your goodness and just that value of gratitude. Is value is the right word? Just for you all, it feels like gratitude and giving back. And for a lot of people, and if you're you're listening either live or the replay, um, we'd love to know how you give back. And I think the more that you're grateful, the more that you're paying it forward, it really is this beautiful snowball effect. Can't eat snowballs though. So let let me rein it back in, shall I? Um, gratitude, <laughs> a lot of people in, and you mentioned it before, Brooke, about gratitude journaling and keeping those lists. Um, what are some of your best tips for that practice of gratitude? Because we can't all bake pie. Um, well, no, Beth would probably disagree. Sure we can. <laughs> um, I, I like cooking because it's the only thing I could do and not be connected or even tempted to be connected to the computer. So I love that tactile all in experience of cooking. Um, but what are other easy practices that people can do to just do a, a little bit more on that gratitude? Well, I live in the mountains right above Boulder. So I always call it a walking meditation when I go on a hike because if I'm in the right mindset and I'm not just spiraling about problems with the business or relationships or something, and I say, you know, this is about walking meditation, anyone can walk and anyone can just look around and find something, whether, you know, it doesn't have to be the magic that sometimes I see, which is like a fox strolling by or the birds or the deer or the mountains in the distance or the snow, but just walking and as you're walking, trying to find things that are beautiful in that moment that you can be thankful for that can kind of give you that awe. That's that great. Find even in the middle of a big city with uh, not in nature, you know, like you can find that if you're looking. Yeah. You can find things to be grateful for anywhere. And sometimes you, sometimes they find you, but when you look right, you're more likely to find them. That's great. What about you, Jack? What What's your best tip for more gratitude? Let's, let's fill our cups up, overflowing. Yeah. Um, I know this might be a sneak peek for the um, goal gift we uh, hand off to folks at the end of the uh, episode. But um, one thing that I kind of alluded to earlier that I'm always a big fan of, and this was super relevant um, when the pandemic first hit, um, as y'all remember, like the wild months of, you know, spring, summer, 2020, um, what really stands out to me, and usually as Beth mentioned at the top of the call, you know, gratitude and appreci appreciation are so wonderful, right? Because they really uh, enrich both the giver of the thanks and the recipient. Um, so what I'm always a fan of, or uh, what I always try to be intentional enough to do in any way, shape, or form I can in my life is to thank people um, that help make my life possible um, who wouldn't normally, you know, get thanked, right? So what that might look like for people listening in, you know, if you're ever at your child's school thanking, you know, the lunch staff, the janitorial staff, people who really do um, good, honest work to make all this, you know, the places that we go, the places that we live, um, kind of the, again, not really the sexy, you know, stuff that is really flashy, but is just honest, 
um, and hardworking people who were at the root of all that, uh, thanking them um, verbally with especially this being the holiday season, giving them presents, um, you know, asking when their birthdays are, you know, really getting to know the, the, the person, the individual uh, behind, um, you know, the job, for lack of a better term, is, um, you know, I think even in my life, when I was a student or when I was working, you know, part-time jobs before, um, if I ever got thanked for something that I knew, you know, I was doing, but was rarely noticed by other people. And it's like, oh man, they really, you could tell it was that someone was looking for it. Someone saw something that most people gloss over. Uh, and if there's anyone that you can think of, again, teacher, um, people who live, you know, in a neighborhood, apartment complex, um, yeah, it, it really, the good news is that if, once you start looking, you realize that it's easy to fall into an abundance mentality of there is so, me- so much around us that is beautiful and so many people that are doing um, oft underappreciated things, but still make a huge difference in all of our lives. Um, and I think those are taking the time to, to both acknowledge what is deserving of gratitude and then to express it, to, to verbalize and communicate it. Again, it can make someone's day, it can make someone's week, it can make someone's year. Um, and again, we're not saving you know lives by telling someone thank you, right? But we're still, um, I think, adding good into the world that doesn't cost anyone a dime. So uh, what's to stop us from really um, going as hard as we can to, uh, to go out our way in a good way? I... Not saving lives, but maybe saving lives because you never know who needs to hear Mm -hmm. the good things you have to say. And I really like that you added, you know, thank them, but also talk to them, get to know them and show that they matter. So nice add on to that. What about you, Beth? What I know we're going to. I'm not going to say bye. But I want to piggyback on what Jack was talking about because I was just Googling it. So there's this book called Thanks a Thousand. I'm sorry. Can you even see it? Thanks a Thousand. Yes. AJ Jacobs. I can't figure out where my camera is. Sorry. No, and we can see it. So he he had this idea that he loved his morning cup of coffee at the coffee house. And I think he was like in the East Village in New York City. And he, he decided he was going to go and find everybody that helped bring that cup of coffee to him at that cafe. And like, he really drilled down. So it's just like what you're saying, Jack, there is like this endless uh, trail of people that you could thank. And he was like, I need to thank the cup manufacturer. And then like the truck that delivers the coffee, I have to thank the people who manufacture the wheels for the truck. I mean, he just, just, it was like, he had to rein himself in. I mean, he even went to Africa to thank the coffee growers for growing the beans. So that was a really, that's a really cool book. It's short. He did a Ted talk on it. Um, My thing though, that I was going to say is just um, thank you letters. Thank you notes, just handwritten notes, period. I sent somebody a book the other day and I put a handwritten card with it. And I got this email from her just saying that she was so touched that I had a handwritten card with my book. I was like, to me, that was just like, yeah, that was a no brainer, but uh, she said, you'd be surprised. So I think just handwritten notes to people, sending cards, sending, it doesn't have to be a thank you card, but just, you know, just a handwritten note acknowledging somebody or, you know, just checking in. I think it's so simple, but it does mean a lot to people. Beth, it mean it meant so much to me that you sent me that thank you card. Ah, so it meant so much to me that you sent me chai. That was <laughs> I had a cup today. I've got a cold from Thanksgiving. Here's my Kleenex, and uh, I had a cup today, and I was like, I'm so grateful for this tea. It's just exactly what I needed with all the oh, ginger God. in it. So oh, good. Well, yeah. I never get real mail, right? I get this much mail, and it's nothing fun, you know. And then I was like, wait, something fun for me. So thank you. But it's, nice. it's just, and that's fun for me too. And, and, you know, just the taking the time is okay. I mean, I'm going to talk about pie again for a second, but you know, when you take the time to make your own pie crust, like that's something that's really appreciated, but handwriting a letter is really just as powerful as 
a homemade pie crust. It's just, it's just taking that little extra time to do something personal. So gifting and taking the time. It's time. And gifting of your time. Gifting of your time and, and giving something of yourself, you know, something handmade. I was given a talk the other day and I did happen to mention that it doesn't have to be pie, that it could be, maybe you are a knitter or maybe you, you know, like, Brooke, I just keep thinking of those mason jars that you filled with tea and took around to people. And I just, uh, mine's downstairs. Yeah. Oh, but that's like how she started her business, but just, you know, take a jar of tea to somebody, take a, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's the time it's making something, you know, I have a homemade candle here on my desk, for example. I mean, just, it doesn't have to be something that you made. Like I said, even just something that you write. Jack, you keep looking like you want to say something. Um, well, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, it's just my face. I can't help it. Um, well, I think um, in terms of what Beth was saying, right, of, again, the care. I was thinking as Beth and Brooke were sharing, you know, what they've shared amongst each other, that even here at Food Finder, I was thinking – how a at Food Finder, we're a big believer in handwritten thank you notes. Um, thankfully, we're still we're, we're a small nonprofit. We have a few hundred donors, uh, right? So it's still manageable, um, even though my handwriting is atrocious. That there's still love behind it, uh, even if it's not the most beautiful, you know, handwritten note. Um, so I was thinking about you know, sort of on one hand, you know, what that again extra care and the time that goes into it that's immediately uh, apparent to the recipient what that's looked like for Food Finder, but also um, I was thinking about my generation um, for, I'm kind of in the middle between millennial and Gen Z, because uh, I'm 24, uh, but especially right for true Gen Z uh, kids, right, which are still plenty of them are in college right now and entering the workforce, people who've lived their entire lives online. So what does that look like for them when they might not have, they might not be accustomed to or have rarely, if at all, experienced that kind of care when it comes to receiving a handwritten note um, or taking the time to express their care for someone in their lives, you know, friends that, of course, people could have, you know, years long friendships with people um, and they've only ever, you know, you know, chatted through each other through social media. Um, so I was thinking that is, you know, thinking about technology's role both as a pretty sizable impediment, but also as a potential really connector um, to be able to amplify and provide new channels, you know, kind of sort of a fast track for gratitude and, and all the uh, opportunities there. It's not really a, com a completely formed thought, um, but that's where my, my head was sort of being drawn towards. Well, in as much as we bag on technology, for being technology, it, it's the reason we can do this. Mm -hmm. It's the reason we can really impact people all over the world without leaving our home. Mm -hmm. So we do have that love-hate thing, but there is nothing um, better than some something personal as well. So I, I think we've covered so many of the bases. Uh, before we, we wrap, I would well, you already kind of leaked into the gifting of the goal. So let's do that next. Um, what what goal can be same, it can be similar, it can be different. Um, do you want to gift our, our listeners, our viewers? What is something that they can do today, tonight, tomorrow to either show their gratitude or have more of a gratitude practice? Beth, do you want to start? Starting with me. <laughs> well, I... I have to say, you know, that you would make a pie for somebody or share a slice of pie or invite somebody to have a slice of pie. It's just, you know what? Connect with somebody, reach out and connect with people are lonely. That's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, as human beings that, you know, we talk about technology, it, it connects us, but it also disconnects us. It also um, isolates us. So I say now my answer is all over the place. You could do a number of things, but I think at the at the end of the you know at the end of the day, I think just connecting with somebody on a physical level 
would be wonderful. Bringing them something, just stopping by and saying hi, you know, connecting on a personal level. Okay, that works. And it can be pie. It doesn't have and to you be. can bring them pie if you want, but it's not required. But I, I just think, I think especially now during the holidays, you know, just really show up for each other. Show up. Yes. And show you care because especially now you don't know what people are going through. And the more that you can give of yourself and show people they matter. Again, it goes back to you're going to feel really good. They're going to feel really good. So always looking for those multiple wins. Uh, Brooke, what goal would you like to gift? It's going back to my kind of walking meditation. I think I would say take that opportunity to do something outside alone or with people, but just that movement out in nature, outside, give yourself those 20 minutes um, and see what, what happens. And if you want to do it more Um, and obviously tea and chai, you know, that's Mm -hmm. a plug for my company, but there is something about, you know, as a, I call myself a Jewish mom because I love, I show love through cooking. Um, So, you know, I, whether it's a candle or pie or some kind of gift, um, some, some kind of meal or something for a friend uh, is something everyone would love to have. I say sit down for a slice of pie and a cup of chai together, and then you've got it all covered. And then go to your local food pantry and make a donation while you're at it. Yes. Over to you, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that, Beth. Just teeing me up beautifully. Uh, What did I do to deserve that? Um, But yeah, I think um, I will steal Beth's answer that she originally gave, but just put sort of my uh, spin on it because even I know that with work um, and, you know, for friends, even in my uh, age range, it's like it feels like it takes two months to coordinate schedules when we can even like find time to talk, much less like, um, you know, get, be in the same room together. So it's I'm trying to be mindful of, you know, life life happens. We have family commitments. We have work commitments. An upsetting number of my friends are of the age where everyone's getting married. Everyone's having kids. And I'm just like, well, I got, you know, <laughs> um, marketing, you know, messages and social media posts to make for Food Finder. But. Um, I would recommend that I would want everyone listening to try and call someone that they haven't spoken to in at least a year. Um, this is a recommendation that I'm uh, also um, liberally uh, stealing from uh, Ari Weinswig, a uh, business leader in Ann Arbor, uh, who's um, a sort of historically um, educated um uh, anarchist. Uh, that's what he studied back in my alma mater, um, at Michigan, but he owns a deli. He owns the Zingerman's community of businesses. It's super successful, treats our people really well. And he says that it feels like the longer we go without speaking to someone, right, the harder it is to, to renew those ties. And he said that it's, he, out of hundreds of instances of him, of, of him practicing this, what he preaches, um, that everyone feels better at the end of it. So, right. So whether you can sit down, uh, kind of the luxury to sit down with someone in person and to share, you know, share a drink, share a meal, or at the very least, um, getting on the phone with one you know, former colleague, friend you haven't spoken to in a while, because we both, you know, everyone's super busy all the time. Then just saying like, how are you? Don't don't have to have a script. Don't have to know what to say, but you can get them on the phone. Then you'll both, you know, 99.9% chance you'll both walk away with a smile. Hmm. And I'll just add, and if you have the resources, you could give someone a Zingerman's gift box because I'm also a U of M alum. And Zingerman's oh, go blue. Oh. amazing. Should have been the first thing we bonded food. over. No, I have to add to that. My friend Micheline Mater just wrote the book, Satisfaction Guaranteed, and it's about the history of Zingerman. So there oh. you go. Buy the, you could also buy the book. Excellent. Glad and, I threw that you in there. All, and those of you who tuned in a couple weeks ago, um, know that I write for the Jewish Journal, so I'm I I feel like there's an article that comes out of this conversation as well. Um, the the love of the food. Well, mm-hmm. I write their food stories, so <laughs> we we have that 
I love all that connection. And my mom started in Michigan. So I need to like chime in Michigan by association here. There we are. There we go. Yes. And Beth in the Midwest and Mm -hmm. we're all, we should have known. (laughs) And now we do. Anyway, (laughs) this has been such a wonderful conversation. Before we wrap, will you please all share where people can find, learn more about you, your books, connect with you, et cetera. Jack. Of course. I'm just pulling up uh, our website, foodfinder.us, to learn more about, you you can see what the food pantry locator we operate looks like, play around with it, see what food pantries are in your area. And very much uh, in the spirit of the season and of this conversation, uh, consider donating whatever you can, whether it's your time, uh, extra food you have to a food pantry nearby, because literally right now between Thanksgiving and New Year's is the busiest time of the year for both uh, Food Finder and your local food pantry or food bank. The demand is literally not higher at any point in the year than it is right now during the holidays. Uh, and if you feel generous enough to even consider um Supporting our cause specifically, we're really proud of the fact that even every dollar, you know, something really small dollar given to Food Finder helps us reach and serve 20 food insecure families and connects them to information on how to get food assistance in their area across the country. Then any support in your community to Food Finder or to the people in your lives uh, means the world to us and those around you. Well, thank you. That that was just a beautiful way to tie up all that you do in the impact that even just the smallest bit makes. So thank you for that, Jack. Brooke, where can people learn more about you? Well, um, you can find our fresh ginger chai at drinkbhakti.com. Um, and then you can also order it on Amazon. Um, you can find us on Instagram under drink bhakti. You can find us on Facebook under Drink Bhakti, Twitter Drink Bhakti, TikTok Bhakti Ginger. Um, and just look for us and ask for us in your, you know, cafe, because that's that word of mouth is really the best thing that we can get is someone going into their local cafe or going into their, you know, Whole Foods and, and asking for a product. Wonderful. And I have, I to do have a book coming out, but it's not out until next year. But if you continue to follow Bhakti or sign up for our newsletter or follow us on social media, you'll see when uh, Steeped comes out in March. Excellent. And of course, um, stay in touch with me. We may need to have you back around the time the book comes out. Yeah, great. So always game food always makes it into these conversations. Sometimes it takes longer. And sometimes it is the conversation. I have to ask those. So you're from Michigan. And so I grew up drinking Verner's ginger ale because my mom's from Michigan. So you say ginger and my face lights up because that's what what I grew well, up I'll drinking. I'll get your addresses to send you some samples. But I also grew up drinking, ginger, uh, drinking Verner's. And at one point they came out with a Verner's ice cream. Do you remember that? I, I don't. I think it was in LA by the short lived, but I didn't realize until I started, you know, my company, the, the whole, you know, how we're differentiation is that we use fresh ginger in our tea. And then I came out with an ice cream and I was playing around with the flavors and I was like, wait a minute, this tastes like Werner's ice cream because it was a ginger vanilla ice cream with chocolate chips. Oh, that sounds like Saunders hot fudge is another one. Oh, you have to know about Sanders. (laughs) Would you go great on one of your apple pies? You guys are making me hungry. (laughs) Well, and and so growing up, so I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and Saunders was always, always part of when we went to to visit family in Michigan. Always need the cream puffs. Yeah, with the hot with the Saunders hot fudge on it. When I fly home, I'm at the airport. I always bring a Saunders home because <laughs> you have to. Yeah, it's like a rule. I'm sorry, Beth. Beth, no, that's okay. Learn more about you. No, I'm happy to any. I am very happy to learn about anything having to do with hot fudge. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and there's a hot caramel. Too. There's like a caramel too. Okay, I'm in. I'll be looking for that somewhere here in the Midwest. Um, hey, I just want to say. I'm in awe of what you do, Jack. I think you're awesome. I, when I was looking at your website, I was so impressed and just 
think you're really helping the world. And Brooke, your book is awesome. I can't wait for it to come out. And so people, people need to get your book and they need to drink your tea. And it's also good when you have a cold, by the way. And it's got me drinking oat milk, which I hadn't done until now. So there's that. And Deb, thank you. Great gratitude to you for doing what you do. I know you've been doing this for a long time and um, you've been very generous with your time, not just to me, but to all your guests and, and to all the people that you help. So I have to say that too. Thank you. And yeah. So where and can people find out more about me, you? Beth? You can find me at theworldneedsmorepie.com and pretty much all of my social media handles are the world needs more pie. And uh, I'm most active on Facebook. And you can buy my book. Uh, just go to my website and look at the World Peace page on my website. That's the easiest way to find out more about uh, where to order it and what people have said about it. And I've had some really good publicity, so it's pretty exciting. I think it's a it's a good message. And um, here I'll hold I'll hold it up for you so you can uh, see what it looks like. And um, and I just finished it, so highly recommend. Uh, thank but you. the thing is, it will make you hungry. Because yeah, that's what everybody the food where she's traveling, the food, the like the meat pies and then the chocolate. And so you'll be snacking along the way. And I just found out right before we talked, Brooke, that you guys have a New Zealand pie place in Boulder. So, okay. Yeah. So we'll I will be that hitting that party. place up when I come to town. So, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. I'm really proud of my new book. And it's, um, you know, with the idea of, taking care of each other and how small acts of kindness. I mean, it's like, obviously I didn't go around the world and create world peace. Um, I share, I made a lot of pie, um, you know, but the things that really stuck with me about the trip is just small things. You know, the woman who helped me with my suitcase when I was really sick and couldn't get down to the Metro, I thought I could, but she's obvious. She saw that I couldn't, you know, just the guy who fixed my zipper for free on my, on my little duffel bag. So I, I just, those are the things that matter at the end of the day. And I think it doesn't take that much if we just really think about putting, being of service to others, you know, that's, I think that's what makes everybody happiest at the end. It's not about what you can get for yourself. It's like, how can you make other people feel good? That's just the exponential happiness there. And just remember to say thank you <laughs> to everybody who who's nice to you, right? Absolutely. Um, this has been just such a beautiful conversation. Like I said, I usually do more notes, but I've just been so enthralled with all of your stories and just it, the warmth of this conversation. I think, but that's what giving how giving makes you feel, right? It's warmth, and then everybody benefits. And it doesn't matter how big or how small. It's just that collective uh, connection through giving. Um, and you're all wonderful. And uh, those of you tuning in, you are wonderful as well, because you've chosen uh, to give us some of your time today, which we appreciate. And you can go to the debmethod.com slash blog for the recap, the replay, and links to these wonderful guests. I am at the Deb Method everywhere. And you can learn more about me um, or about my book on my website as well. Wow, I don't, I, I kind of don't want this conversation to end, but we must. Uh, what final thought? And I know you just gave a bunch of them, Beth, but I will give you a final, final thought for a mo in a moment. Um, Jack, what final thought do you want to leave everybody with today? Yeah, just the final thought is, you know, we all have a lot of things that, even despite our best intentions, that we take for granted, whether it be people or again having a roof over our head you know, food in our bellies. So um, sometimes being grateful for the most simple things in our lives can really um, lend a lot of perspective and lend a lot of genuine appreciation for what we have. And especially when those are, you know, again, some, some basic needs that others might not be so lucky as to have in their lives, then you can still be a force for good. If you see that and you have that perspective, then you're pretty much have everything you need to lend a helping hand in whatever way, big or small, it can mean the world to someone. Nice. Thank you, Jack, for that. And Brooke, what final thought do you want to leave us with? 
that I'm really inspired by Jack's organization. And I feel like it's made me want to get more involved in some of the food pantries here in Colorado. So I just wanted to throw out that the more you look into something like Food Finder or your local nonprofits, this is the month you mentioned before. Tomorrow is the giving day of giving. Um, same here in Colorado. So let's um, think about giving tomorrow and the rest of the month. Love it. Thank you. I, I love it when my guests love each other so much. So let me tell you, this is this is why. I do this. This is my gift as I get to bring awesome people together and share them with the world. So thank you for that. Uh, Beth, final, final thought to you. Well, second to last. I'll probably so I'm going to tie this into Jack also. Um, I, I don't like material gifts. And so I really hate Christmas and all the commercialism and consumerism. And so what I do, and I don't know that my family members appreciate this, but it makes me feel good. Um, I buy food gift cards for the grocery store to give to other people in need. So I don't go to physically to the food pantry, but I buy the grocery card and I make sure that, in fact, uh, one year I bought like 10 of them and I gave them to the cashier and said, I would like you to, when you identify somebody who maybe needs help with their groceries. I hope she did it. I hope she followed through. But, you know, just uh, buy a buy a food card for somebody, buy a grocery card. And maybe just even if you're just going to do a, a one, you know, just if everybody did that to give something to help somebody else to lend a hand, especially during the holidays this year. So, yeah. Thank you for that. And thank you all so much, Brooke, Eddie, Beth, Howard, Jack Griffin, for this wonderful, gratifying conversation on gratitude. It really is the little things and the thought. They say the thought that counts. The thought actually does count. Um, and when you put some action behind it, even the simplest things make all the difference in the world. Um, thank you all again. If you're watching or listening, thank you for choosing this time to spend with us. Go be grateful. Go do some good stuff for others. We know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.